1: Okay, I'm not cursing, but holy shift, we are going to get into some really good conversation today. I have the president and founder of Unlimited Life Concepts. You can find him on Twitter at Chronicles of Nate. Actually, his Twitter handle is Chronicles Nate. And Nate empowers people with truth about raising financial IQs, teaching people why cash flow strategy is powerful. And he is the founder of the Holy Shift Money Program. And it is my honor to welcome Nate Dean to the Intentional Encourager Podcast. Nate, what's good today? How you doing, man?
0: What's going on, brother? Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to this.
1: Nate, I got to ask you this. COVID-19, and we're recording this in the midst of the pandemic. So let's start here. COVID-19 has changed how a lot of people spend money, how people have reacted to things. Listen man, I know in our house when the pandemic hit, my wife was on a quest for wipes, hand sanitizer, toilet paper. We were we were doing a little bit of overspending because there was so much uncertainty around getting the goods that you normally could get and in grocery stores, at least here in West Virginia, were locked down for a week or two. You really had to, to, to get a little bit creative and things like that. What did you find in maybe in your area, how things were happening, but what did you find around the people you worked with, how they looked at money when the pandemic started?
0: Well, Uh, So much of the the demographics, people we work with, everything like that, as far as age group, uh, a lot of people never went through that 2008 financial crisis. So they hit like some uncharted territory when it came to kind of the, the way they were just rocking and rolling with their finances and everything like that. And one of the things that we are very passionate about is, encouraging people to be an educated investor and most people who put money into a 401k as an example, they can't even explain the stock market. They're just doing it because that's what they're, that's what they're told they're supposed to do. That's what they're told. They're uh, that's the way that their money is going to grow. And you know, that's the way they're going to retire one day, all that stuff. So for them to uh, get this wake up call, uh, at the at the start of 2020, when the market started falling and everything like that, people started seeing their 401ks drop quickly, and it woke a lot of people up to things that we've been telling them before. Hey, you know your 401k is not guaranteed. You know there's 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 a lot of different things or reasons why we are passionate about not necessarily pulling people completely out of the 401k model, although for us personally, we don't, we don't have, we don't invest any of our dollars into any sort of funds blindly or anything like that. Any, anything that we're doing is something that we know something about something that we're educated on. And that's really the biggest risk of any investment is your education and how you approach that investment. So, so many people, uh, just, uh, we kind of riding the gravy train for the last, you know, five or 10 years when it came to how big their, their accounts were getting and everything like that. And it, it just finally kind of stopped them in their tracks. And they're like, well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe this isn't as as good as I thought it was. Well, Nate, uh, let me,
1: let me jump in here. The market yeah, had been rocking and rolling for, for a couple. and And, and again, not to get political. But the, the, if you looked at the NASDAQ and you looked at the Dow Jones during the Trump administration, especially in 2017, 2018, 2019, we were, we were seeing, it wasn't slow incremental growth. It was, I mean, it was fast. I mean, you would, you would watch Fox business or whatever, however you consume Bloomberg or however you consume information about the markets. And you would see the Dow be it at twenty-seven or one day, and the next day it would take a thousand point jump. That was common. <laughs> yeah. That those things were common in the right. stock market. Do you think people were just going, man, this is good. This is always gonna be good. Or or did you see people and, and here's where I want to go, forgive me for a long-winded question. No, but okay. I want to I want to expect, I want to extrapolate some more conversation out of this. Is it just a, is it the Ron Popillo method? And here's, here's why I say that there was a dude on TV that used to sell these ovens named Ron Popillo And his thing was with this little oven, you set it and forget it. Do you think a lot of people had the mindset during 17, 18 and 19, that they were just going to pop money in and set it and forget it. And it was just going to just start torpedo growing.
0: I think so, and, and but you know that's really the, our our basic education when it comes to finance is you go to work for somebody and they set you up with a retirement account, you know, with a four hundred one k, and you're not really encouraged to go out and and do your own research. You're not encouraged to go out and and you know trust yourself more than you trust these uh, brokers who have all these um, you know fancy numbers and letters behind their name, all that stuff. So it's, it, it's one of those things where there was a lot of, uh, of ignorance on a lot of people's parts with what they were actually doing with their money. And, you know, ignorance is not a bad word. It's simply just not knowing, Yeah. but we are in an information age now where, there's almost like no excuse for you not to know something. you you've just chosen not to know that because the information is readily available to us. Um, now what we teach in the power of cash flow strategy uh, ironically is not a, a mainstream idea it's not something that uh, your traditional broker or anything like that is going to to teach because cash flow strategy and, and how we create this with this concept called infinite banking. Um, it's 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 an alternative wealth strategy. It's non-conventional. We're not like all the other guys. Um, so the the advice that your Edward Jones broker is going to give you or, or Merrill Lynch or whoever you're working with, you're not going to get the same advice from me.
1: No, that's good. And, and I'm just jotting that down, the non-conventional. Because, Nate, I, I think a lot of people, to your point, is and, and and I'm I'll be 49 in August and you're 100 percent right. I remember back to 1995. I'm sitting in a meeting, 26 years ago. I was sitting in a meeting. It was late in the year, and this guy came into our office. And i worked with some older people and things like that. And this guy was talking to us about our our company was doing a 401k. And and the guy and I said, "Man, I'm I'm 23 years old." Why do I need to invest? And the guy looked at me and he said, you're exactly the the guy I want to talk to. Because in hindsight, I wish I would have invested some or, or more when I was younger because I'd have more built up. But I've learned more about money in the last 10 years. It's funny, when your income grows, you start to learn more about money. What is the biggest misconception that you think people have about investing in finance that you try to, to change that mindset, or you you try to create that V8 moment, that aha moment?
0: Well, I would say the biggest uh, paradigm shift that you have to make in terms of uh, moving away from the conventional to the non-conventional is the fact that a The the power of wealth creation is in cash flow. It's not in accumulation. So your power to create wealth is in your cash flow, not your accumulation. And cash flow. I said this yesterday. I say it all the time. Cash flow is greater than net worth. So many people focus on net worth and accumulation and everything like that. And then, because I've seen this many many times, people retire. With this nest egg that they created, but now they have no cash flow; they have no income coming in. So now they've got to figure out how to make this work for them, and they don't know when they're going to die. You know, they they may live another thirty or forty years. Who knows? Yeah. And so, what happens so often when people uh, retire and they've got this nest egg that they've accumulated, they start shrinking everything down. So you, you save and you invest, you know, during your working years and you basically are broke for the most part because you're doing those things, you know, because you're, you're putting some money back and all that stuff. And then you retire and you, you still look like you're broke. And so um, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said, you know, it's not about the, it's not about the man who has wealth. It's about the man who lives well. And so the, the idea with uh, having a cash flow strategy is, not only can you utilize your money and build for the long term, but you can also simultaneously use it for the short term. And that is something that people have a really hard time with because when we talk about multiple uses for your money all the time in our business, and we teach our clients, you know what this what this looks like, how this works. Most people, if if I if we were standing outside a convenience store, you and I are standing outside a convenience store. And and I said, hey, I got a dollar. I got a dollar here. Um, could you go get me a candy bar? And you're like, yeah. So you walk in the store, you grab a candy bar because the candy bar costs a dollar. You walk out, and I say, hey, what if I could go in that same store that you just did, with a dollar just like you just did, and legally walk out with not only a candy bar, but also a Coke and a bag of chips. You know, obviously my dollar is creating more value for me than it was when it was in your hands. Yeah, And that's because I know how to make that dollar stretch and do more than one thing. And most people don't know how to make their dollar do more than one thing.
1: I love that making money do more than one thing, because I think people, I think people think that all money can do is one thing. Nate, let's step aside, take a break. When we come back, let's let's park a little more. Con- let's let's get a little more conversation out of that. I also want to ask you about other, other strategists out in the market. And again, I don't, you know, I, I want to bring some comparison to the conversation. What Nate talks about, what other people talk about. Nate Dean is my guest. The Chronicles of Nate, the Holy Shift Money Program. Again, I want to encourage you to get your finances right. You get your finances right. A lot of things will be right. Come back with us with more conversation here on the Intentional Courage podcast. Hey, everybody. Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Nate, I love what you said there about making money do more than one thing. Because here's what I've learned in the last 10 years about money. When, when I can eliminate, and and, and I want to go here for just a second. This is, this is kind of the way I've thought my wife and I've thought the last couple of years. I want to get intense about eliminating debt so that the income that I have can work harder for me than I'm working for it. Because if I have cash flow, like you were talking about, if I have available cash on hand, I'm able to do some things that other people are not. Right. I mean, and so let me ask you this. Why do you think people would rather have debt than cash flow?
0: Because we live in a uh, culture that is, uh, has perpetuated this microwave mentality where you can have everything you want right now and you don't have to wait for it. And, uh, and I've talked about this before, you know, when, when we were young, well, we looked at what our parents had, you know, and they had the house, they had the cars, all that stuff, you know, and and then we go to college, and we get out of college, and all of a sudden banks are lining up to hand us all this debt, and we're like, hey, we don't even we can do, we can look just like our parents look right now, and we don't have to
1: wait. Well, Nate, you years. can you can walk onto campus your first day of college. Why why do you think? and, and I remember, man, nineteen ninety my first year at Marshall university, man, the tables were lined up outside the student center. And at that time there was MBNA, there was this bank, there was that bank and it was like, Hey man, come get a free t-shirt and to a college kid, man, a free t-shirt is like, you know, did you just give me, I mean, the things that they've always used, the marketing ploys that they always use, And it's the same thing. My son's a a junior at Marshall now. And again, when campus was open, he could walk through the student center at the first day of, in August, when, when school started and those same tables were lined up and those same players are out there going, Hey, how about a credit card? How about a credit card? I mean yep. it's a never ending cycle so I mean when you when you talked about that I mean to jump in there on you but I had a flashback to my first day of college 31 years ago and nothing's changed right like right. nothing nothing has changed about the way that credit card companies market to young people
0: Yeah uh, the the idea is uh you go to school and then you graduate high school and, you know, they want you to, to go off to college and then they're going to hand you a bunch of student loan debt. Um, you know, the central banking system is really what runs everything. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, they assume that government and politicians and, you know, that, all this other stuff. But the central banks are really the ones that run everything. So the, the idea of keeping you down and keeping you in debt, uh, you know, a broke society is a whole lot easier to control.
1: Man, I love that. Say that again, if you would.
0: A broke society is a whole lot easier to control.
1: Uh, I'm writing this down. A broke society is a whole lot easier to control. You know what? When you said that, I, I want to I go here for just a minute. And, and And I'm not trying to make the conversation about myself. But I can remember, you know, in the last year, my wife and I paid off two huge debts that we had, and man, I'm telling you, like, like now, like we have the ability to do things. Okay, when you don't have debt, you've got the ability to do some things, and and be able to, and and, and Nate, let me go here for a minute, and, and I don't want to f- offend you or anything, your your program, but I know people hear a guy named Dave Ramsey. A lot. I mean, Dave Ramsey is a huge name in the financial industry. He's he's carved that that out for about 30 years. And, he blocked and I, me on Twitter. What's that?
0: <laughs> he blocked me on Twitter. Well, you know what? <laughs>
1: let me let me go here for just a second. I'll share something with you. Okay. I I I don't agree with everything that, that Dave Ramsey says and does because again, yeah. The fact of the matter is, and by the way, good on you, man, for you forget, good on you, man. I mean, it, it is what it is, but here's what I, they, 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 they talk about student loan and things like that. And, and it's like, well, you need to go to college debt-free or things like that. And I get it. My question to, to the, to the dude that he has that does that and the dude wrote a book about it. My question back to him was, I said, okay, riddle me this. Colleges are raising tuition on average eight to 10% a year. If I save right now for my son to go to school, how do I save enough to outpace what they're going to charge next year? I'm saving for this year, but you don't give me a strategy going forward when colleges are raising tuition. Year over year over year, and a lot of times, Nate, and I don't mean to go there, but but something you said just triggered that. People don't realize that there are laws in every state that allow state institutions to raise tuition every year. It's an it, we have a law in West Virginia that allows colleges to raise tuition. If 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 I am if we're talking to somebody that says, man, I've got a, I've got a son or daughter getting ready to go to school next year. What's the one thing they, they can do right now to start insulating themselves or preparing themselves for what that financial commitment's going to look like?
0: Well, my view of education has changed a lot over the last 20 years since I've
1: been in school. Um, I'm older than I look. Uh, I know, dude, uh, man. I want to know what your secret (laughs) is, man. After we get done recording this, man, I want to know your secret. Cause those of you watching on YouTube, man, Nate's got, Nate is rocking the the sweet hair, the the sweet haircut, man. I mean, it is on point. The beard looks good, man. Unlike mine where I have to cover it up. There's no natural gray in his beard, man, bro. You got to share your secret, but, but what, what is some, what can people, so your, your view of, of that has changed over the last 20 years. So what do you think folks can do now? We're recording this at the end of March. School's going to start in August. What, what are some things they can start doing now to, to kind of help prepare themselves?
0: Well, so one thing is uh, we know how substantial the dropout rate is for people who go to college. Um, and that's because they're kind of herded into this gate of Okay, here's the next step. This is what you do. And maybe that's not, the, maybe that's not for them. We also know the rates of people who actually use their degree, you know, th- that that they go into a field that they're, that they got a degree in. Um, I think, I think the statistic, if I remember correctly, 65% of people with college degrees are not in the field that they, that they have their degree in or some, something to that effect. It's pretty substantial. Um, m- most you know, the, you know early uh, adults, uh, call them you know these these recent graduates from high school, they don't have a clue what they want to do, and they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have to have a clue what they want to do right now. So my philosophy of education has changed a lot. Where I would actually encourage a student out of high school to go out into the world for just a little while. You know, get a job, maybe, you know, make some connections, see if there's some area of business or, or professional service or whatever that's out there that they have an interest in, and then go to college and get that degree if that's what they're after. Um, but getting some real world experience, <clears throat> I think, would substantially uh, lower the dropout rate. And uh, I think it would increase the rate of people who are actually going into the fields that they have degrees in.
1: Man, that is so good. That is that is really good, Nate. I, I, I man, I gotta ask you. I, I gotta ask you if you don't mind me asking this. What was it that you said that got you blocked by Dave Ramsey on Twitter? Because I now, I'm like, you got my curiosity <laughs> aroused, man. I mean, because you know, here here here's my thought. Okay, I've read Ramsey's books. Good good information. Again, the guy is, you know, he he is a legendary broadcaster. And and Ramsey will say this. He's more of a marketer than he is right. anything. He he's right. a marketer at heart. But but I but but here is here's where my disconnect with with Dave has come in. My right. my disconnect with him is like it's my way or the highway. It's 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 you know, and and there there are where I live here in West Virginia, the beauty about where I live is there's multiple ways out of where I live. I can take uh, I can take five or six paths to get to where I need to go if I want to go somewhere. And if that path is blocked, I can go another way. That's why I love where, where I was living over in Ohio, There was basically one way in and one way out. And when that bridge, when the bridge was shut down, if I needed to get over to West Virginia, I had to take the long way around. And that was the the impetus for us moving over here, man, in an emergency, there's multiple ways I can get out. And that's the point that I'm making is, and and with your, with, with your program, he has any, there's multiple ways to get where you want to go. And that's the kind of the problem that I have with, with Ramsey is. It's like, what's well, my way or the highway? And I'm like, yeah. no, man, there's multiple ways that folks can get where they want to go financially. Yours is not the end-all be-all. I'd love to know what you said to him that got you blocked. <laughs> well, you don't care, I, I mean, love, if you don't mind me asking. Know,
0: I would love to know also because, um, so a little bit of background on me and my business partner. Um, so we are the co-founders of Unlimited Life Concepts. Um, my business partner's name is named Brandon Goswick, and we grew up together. Went to junior high and high school together. <clears throat> Families were been friends for a long time. Went to church together, all that stuff. So, <clears throat> excuse me. We were both following Dave Ramsey up until we learned some better things. Well, our, our you know how we how we view it is, right. is better. Right. So. Um, but we my my business partner brandon he was so hardcore dave ramsey that his wife called him dr in the house um short for dave ramsey like that's how hardcore they were he was teaching financial peace classes um he was counseling couples all that stuff now that wasn't his day job he was a middle school principal at the time right um he had a passion for just helping people with their finances and stuff like that and um he had gotten out of debt following Dave's system um i'd followed dave for a long time as well. I listened to him all the time. I read his books, all that stuff. And it wasn't until uh, several years ago that, uh, I read rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki that my mind started opening up a little bit to wait a minute. This, all this stuff that Dave's been talking about, maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't exactly how the world works. And so rich dad, poor dad was really my, um, introduction to what I would call real financial education. And then it just started blossoming from there. And it prepared us for what we, what we started doing now, which is teaching people how to apply the infinite banking concept in
1: their life. No, I love that. And, and, you know, again, there is more than one way to get to where you want to go. It's not just the end all be all. Of that and 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 i appreciate you sharing that part of your story with us when we come back from break and take a quick break we come back i want to get into your story i want to tell more of your story i am with the founder of unlimited life concepts and holy shift money program nate dean joining me today on the intentional Encourage podcast come back we'll have more conversation here in just a moment Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew, and he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector you've got to pick up a copy of people buy from people there are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector you can go to amazon and pick it up kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way or now available on audible and there's one other way you can get a copy of people back from people you can get one from me and i'll sign it for you you go to intentional media and publishing me at an gmail.com And I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. (laughs) Nate, let's step into your story. You mentioned a little bit and you teased it before we went to break about how you and your partner, um, grew up together and, and founded your business together, man, take me in the next little bit, take me as far back as you want to go and tell me your story, you know, tell me kind <clears> of, <throat> kind of how you got from point A to where we are today.
0: Well, there's a, there's a a whole lot of information I can put, put in there, but, um, I, as far as just my story with, uh, our business. Um, so Brandon and I, as I said earlier, we grew up together, but after high school, as many people do, they kind of go their separate ways. Um, and it wasn't because we were mad at each other or anything like that, you know, life happens and, you know, I got married, started having kids and it wasn't long after that, he did the same thing. And so, but we had reconnected, um, back in 2017, and, uh, just, it was like, it was a strong, it was a strong bond, a strong connection. And we gotten into some accountability, just holding each other accountable in different areas of our life. We're both believers. We follow Christ. And so that was one area of our life that we wanted to encourage each other in and, um, just being better husbands and, and uh, you know, better fathers and. You know, just all these different areas, uh, we start holding each other. He started holding, he was, he was, uh, in the gym a lot more than I was. So he was holding me accountable, working out and getting in shape. Um, you know, and there were some things that I was helping him with as well. And it was in the midst of that accountability that, um, we came across, or well, I was the one that first came across it, this book called becoming your own banker. And I ran across the book and I was like, man, that's, that sounds interesting. So, um, I had, I'd heard about the book years before and I had it downloaded on my Kindle, but then I forgot about it because I quit using my Kindle. So I happened to be on my Kindle app on my phone and I ran across this book, Become Your Own Banker that I never read. And I was like, man, I never read that book. So started reading the book and, uh, it felt like my eyes were finally open for the first time. It was like, I was finally seeing everything for what it really was for the very first time when it came to how money works. Um, So I was like, uh, I don't know what to do with this. Like I was excited, but I didn't even really fully understand what I was excited about. So called up Brandon and I said, man, I just read this book, becoming your own banker. And I said, uh, Dave Ramsey's not going to like it. I'll tell you that. (laughs) So, uh, but I said, I need you, I need you to read this book and give me your opinion on it. And so he ended up reading the book and eventually came back and he's like, man, if this is real, like, this is crazy. And I was like, well, that's what I thought too. So we started doing some research trying to find other people who were out there that were talking about becoming your own banker and the infinite banking concept. And we came across this podcast called life success and legacy. These two guys, Mike and Chris from Lawrence, Kansas, and they, uh, they were both believers and they were just, uh, in their podcast, talking about the concept. they were just very matter of fact. Um, they weren't trying to make it into something that it wasn't. And we were just really drawn to that. And so we reached out to them and said, Hey, we read this book and you know, we, we need to know like how to apply this, like what to do next. And so we both started uh, walking through the process and becoming their clients. And it was in the midst of that, that we just got so excited about what we were learning and you know, what they were teaching us and what we were doing for our families that one day Brandon and I were just like, man, if we feel this good about what we're doing. Like, wouldn't it be cool to teach other people how to do the same thing? And so our business was just born out of the overflow of gratitude and excitement for what we were doing for ourselves. We let Mike and Chris know, hey, we've just been inspired by y'all. And, you know, would y'all be willing to teach us? And so they did. They they agreed to mentor us. So they just poured into us for two years, taught us everything they knew. And then they said, all right, y'all got it. And they kicked us out of the nest. And, um, yeah. and then we were on our own after that. But uh, that's kind of how our business started and, uh, it's just kind of blossomed from there. Social media has just taken it to a whole new level for us. Um, and yeah, I mentioned earlier that, that Brandon's background, he was a middle school principal at the beginning of 2020 at the very beginning of 2020, he was actually able to walk away from his uh, principal job and just go full-time into our business. Um, and then he retired his wife several months later last year around October. And so now they've got four kids and uh, they homeschool and, and they're just at home and you know, pouring into their family and traveling and doing all kinds of cool stuff. And um, you know, I've given, my wife is actually a, a, a school administrator. She's an assistant principal. And uh, so she has the opportunity if she ever decides that she wants to step away from education, but she's uh, really passionate about it. And uh, we have four kids as well. But in addition to teaching financial education, I'm also a pastor of a church. Um, I have a, a youth and music youth and music ministry background. I did that for probably about ten or eleven years, and then I'm coming up on my third anniversary in June of being the senior pastor at the church I'm at now.
1: So, was that your intent when you, when you when you got out of high school? Was that that you wanted to follow that ministry path, or did you kind of say, "Hey, I'm going to go to"? Uh, state you and and do something and and just kind of come take me walk me through that journey of of how you 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 walked into to ministry because some people know from a very early age that's what they want to do yeah some people it it, it just like I came like I started preaching when I was I I had my call to preach when I was forty one so I, I'm I'm a late I'm a kind of a late bloomer so to speak. And so, but I'd done, you know, music ministry and things like that and other, other ministries, but, but not, not any, anything pulpit related did for, for you. Was it, was it early in life? How did, how did you find that, that pathway?
0: Well, I knew when I was 16, I knew that God was, was just drawing me to some area of ministry. I didn't know what that looked like. I thought it was probably youth ministry. Um, because I had a really great youth pastor growing up. Um, he was kind of like my big brother and he kept me out of a lot of trouble and, uh, had a great relationship with him. And so I really saw myself in something, something like that. Um, but I actually got my start in music ministry. Uh, growing up, I liked to sing, but, um, my mom would always tell me that I, that I actually could sing and I didn't believe her cause I just thought she was being my mom. And you know, that's what she's supposed to say. Um, but, I ended up, uh, to make make a long story short, I ended up getting a choir scholarship for three years of college. Um, So the first three years of college between choir and academics, I didn't, my parents didn't have to pay for anything for school. Um, And so coming out of college, I had a little bit of music background and my wife and I were both involved in a church. We had had our first son and um, they were in need of a music person at the church and they knew I had a little bit of music background. Although, even though I sang in college choir for three years on scholarship, I still had very little confidence in myself. I was terrified to sing in front of people. So it took a lot of, of, of asking and, and, um, and definitely a movement of the Holy spirit in my heart to, to, to get me to say yes to that. Uh, but once I did, uh, it just, it just opened me up in a lot of different ways because what's funny. And when, when, when people meet me, they don't really believe this, but I actually used to be really shy uh, because I just did not have very much confidence. And saying yes to things that make me uncomfortable uh, has brought me where I am now. And so now when, I, when I'm faced with, knowing what I know now, when I'm faced with something that is going to be uncomfortable or is uncomfortable, I know that if I press through that, I'm going to be so much better on the other side.
1: I know exactly what you mean. And I, I always told people, I always told people, my, my dad pastored a church before he passed away. And after he passed away, I went back there one Sunday to minister. And I said, the reason I am the way that I am was my dad instilled incredible confidence in me. I always knew growing up, my dad was like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, you can do this. You, you know? And so I, I didn't. I I was kind of different. I was a different kid, you know. I was I was a kid who's like, yeah, I'll sing. No no worries. I I've kind of gone into the background a little more as an adult. Like, yeah, you know, let let's, let somebody else do it. I, you know, if you want me to, I, that that's fine. But let, let somebody else do it. But Nate, I, I've got to ask you this. Part of this podcast is encouraging people through through things that you've overcome and things like that. Can you take me through the biggest obstacle that you faced in your life and what the lesson you learned from it was?
0: Uh, the biggest obstacle for me had to be the the loss of my dad. Um, he passed away from cancer in 2012 and, you know, growing up, my dad was always my dad. Um, but then as you get older, just had the, uh, the fortune of my dad becoming one of my best friends. And, uh, so when I lost him, you know, I felt like I lost two people, not just one person. And, uh, so that's been difficult over the years. That that was nine years ago, but a praise to that is, um, about three, well, about five years ago, actually, uh, God brought a man into my mom's life. Excuse me. God brought a man into my mom's life and um I'm actually performing their wedding next month. Wow, um awesome. so they're get they're getting married next month. So the the loss of my dad um by far has been the most challenging thing for me. And if it wasn't for I'm I'm just speaking from the heart, if it wasn't for the Lord, I don't know where I would be right now because uh, scripture promises that you know He's going to give us a peace that passes all understanding, a peace right. that doesn't make sense. That's right. And you know, people could look at my life and say, "How could you be so positive? You know, how could you not be mad at God for for what He did and, and all this other stuff?" I said, "Because He's given me a peace that I can't explain." Yeah, that's right. Um, so when people are struggling with things that the I know it kind of sounds cliche, but, but, uh, you know, there, there's strength in the Lord, you know, that's where, that's where you find it, um, through prayer and through reading his word. I've, I've heard this so many times and it's always funny because, uh, people talk about, you know, wanting to hear from God. Well, God, left his, his word in scripture. And if we want to hear from him, we just need to go read it because that's yeah. how he speaks to us. Um, so having a great support system is always really important. Um, having, having other people in your life that, who, who can encourage you through those things, um, there's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that you learn about yourself when you walk through something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll, you'll never know, you'll never know what you're going to do until you're in the midst of it. Yeah. You could think about how you might handle something, but until you're actually right there in the middle of it, you just don't know. And, um, so I'm thankful that, uh, that God has given me that peace that has brought me through, uh, so much in the last few years.
1: Man, you, you. It's funny, you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about, it. it's, it's amazing what you learn when you go through that. I remember standing up to, 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 I, I was the last guy up to speak at my dad's memorial service and I was, I intentionally did that. I, we had three of his, his, his elders from his church, as we call them. And they spoke. But I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to be the last guy up. I'm going to be the last guy to speak. And, and I remember standing up and there's a, a room full of people at the funeral home. And I said, this was what my dad was preparing me for all these years. This moment right here was what my dad was pouring into me for, for 40 years. Yeah. Right here, right now in this moment. And so, you know, the valley of the shadow of death is a hard thing to walk through. It's a tough thing to walk through. But if Nate and I can encourage anybody that's walking through it or it's just recently walked through it, is this is that peace will come when you need it most. All you have to do is ask for it. Whether you believe in God or not, if you're a believer, you know how to ask for it. You know how to call on the name of the Lord. If you're not a believer, you can still call on the name of the Lord and say, "I need peace in this situation," and it's there. That's what that's what I learned through walking. And and ironically, Nate, 2012 was a year I lost my dad too, and so, hmm. you know, wow. I I know that I I know those anniversaries and things like that, and I'm I I mark those as well too. And again, the encouragement we want to give you corporately is peace is available when you need peace. It's available to you. Nate, I don't want to put words in your mouth, though, but I do want – I know you've got a word of encouragement for somebody today. Would you share your biggest piece of intentional encouragement with the folks? You
0: can't – I would say that you can't allow uh, your circumstances to – dictate how your life goes um, and i'm still i'm still reeling a little bit from <laughs> that last moment so bear with me um, <clears throat> so many people they allow their circumstances to dictate where they go you know they they roll with the punches so to speak with w- what's happening in their life but your circumstances don't control your mind. Your mind is so much stronger than anything else. So no matter what your circumstances are, you can be really strong mentally. You know, there are people who will, there, two, you know, two people standing shoulder to shoulder can both look at their life, the exact same life. And one of them can say, man, I've got it so good. And someone else can say, man, life is terrible. Yeah with the, in the exact same situation, because it's not about your circumstances. It's about how you handle those circumstances. It's about, it's about using, uh, this God given power that, that he has given us in our minds to actually overcome, you know, the things that, that may be dragging someone else down.
1: Yeah. So
0: that's off the
1: cuff, man. I I love it. I love it. Your circumstances (laughs) can't dictate your life. I love that, man. That is so powerful. That's so good. And a fitting way to end our conversation. Um, Nate, tell folks, I mentioned it off, off the top at Chronicles. Nate is one way they can find you. What other social media platforms are you on where folks can find you?
0: Well, me and my business partner just started an Instagram channel and it is blowing up. So we're really excited about that. It is, uh, our company is unlimited life concepts. Um, but we shorten that for Instagram and it's ULC money. So at ULC money, you can find us on Instagram and we have exclusive Instagram content that we haven't put anywhere else. We're putting that out on Instagram now, so you can go check that out as well.
1: Man. That's awesome. ULC money on Instagram. And again, don't forget you can find him at Chronicles Nate, C H R O N I C L E S N A T E at Chronicles Nate on Twitter. And again, U L C Money on Instagram. Nate, man, what a pleasure this has been. What a great podcast this has been. I so appreciate you joining me today on the Intentional Encourage podcast.
0: I appreciate you having me.